welcome back to the Elise Yeezy Show. I am your host, Kyra, the dog. There we go for the audio listeners. That is indeed a dog in the studio. I am joined today by none other than Rachel Oates. Hello. Hi. Your dog has adopted me, I think. Yeah, I think you're her new favourite auntie. Um, and there's some stiff competition, so you're doing well. So, Rachel is here today to educate me. Kyra, what are you doing? What is this? She's here today to educate me on topics and things. And the first topic mm-hmm. is... Let's do personality tests. The Maya so, Briggs tests. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like all, all personality tests in general. Like some are probably a little more accurate than others. But, so I, I did a video on this on my main channel. And it's something that I've been kind of like looking at covering for a while. And um, it turns out, like a lot of it's just a bunch of pseudoscience. Mm-hmm. So like the Myers-Briggs test, I don't know if you know this, but who do you think made it? I know this because you oh, already told me. I did, damn it! Okay. Two bored housewives. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, but how did they create it? Were they bored housewives with psychology degrees, or they, no. were they bored housewives who liked to watch Jeremy Kyle? Uh, well, it was the forties, so not quite. Oh, it was the 40s. Ger- <laughs> yeah, not not quite Jeremy t- Kyle time. Um, although I don't know, he's he's getting on a bit, so maybe he was around then. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they were like, oh, it's wartime middle-class women are joining the workforce let's find them the right jobs so they created this personality test to be like okay what job is right for you and they just kind of came up with it in their spare time based on what they knew about people and their own like their own interests their own personalities their own neighbors that they knew and over time they did kind of bring in a few experts like they worked with some people who worked in like testing and they worked with people who kind of knew a little bit about psychology but not a huge amount and it became more of a thing but ultimately it was just these this mother and daughter who were like oh yeah we we know about people let's put them into groups and that was it and that's why a lot of the questions are like oh when you're planning a holiday would you rather do this or this or at a party would you rather do this or this because it's very like middle class white women and it's like not really suited for anyone else you have a working class Indian man he's not necessarily going to be able to answer half the questions accurately because he's like oh, I've never faced this stuff or like um I don't know someone who lives in a village in the middle of Kenya they're not going to be able to answer like half the questions because they're about like middle class American living so how can they be grouped into the same personalities it's not universal it's the thing but so many employers will use it to group people into these categories and be like, oh, are you suitable for this job or not? And it's kind of like asking, which kind of middle-class American person are you? <laughs> I didn't know that it was from the 40s. Mm-hmm. I, For some reason, yeah. I thought it was quite recent, as recent as the 90s. I'm not sure yeah. why. Because I feel like, well, maybe I just wasn't aware of it. But then mm-hmm. one day, it everyone was doing it. Yeah, there was a huge boost in the popularity of personality tests in general in like the 90s early 2000s and that's when way more of them were made so you had like the I think uh, hexaco test was made around that time I want to say I might be making that up um, and then you also had people looking into like the five um, what, what they call it like the five traits the five aspects of personalities and that does actually have some psychological backing and so that kind of came to the forefront a little bit more as well but even that's not um it, it, it doesn't cover as much as you would like because it's saying there's like five facets to personality like how extroverted are you how neurotic how are you how this how this and it puts you on a scale but that's like such a small part of your personality you can't really encompass a whole thing in a little test so i don't know i thought it'd be interesting you, like because where do you stand on them 
um i don't really take them seriously mm-hmm. i've have done, you ever done one yes and my one was like e something 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 and it says <laughs> on the um definitely, definitely extroverted it says on the website oh here's celebrities mm-hmm. um that also have your personality yeah. type and my one is the same as russell brands so i was kind of like oh that's really yeah. cool but i didn't give it any more thought i've never put it in like a dating profile yeah. bio i've never you know publicized yeah. it in like because i didn't really take it seriously i just thought oh yeah that's neat but then i don't know surely there's more to people than yeah. that than like these series of questions that pose you can't encompass like an entire person's being in yeah. 50 questions did you ever have to do one of those like careers tests in school no, we never did. You know, I got told I should work in education and childcare. And I was like, but I don't like children. <laughs> I don't want to be around kids. And that wasn't on the test. <laughs> so it was really, really odd. But I, I find personality testing is the same sort of thing. It puts you into these categories and says, like, oh, you should be doing this and this. But it misses out some really like fundamental questions. Um, like, hey, gorgeous. Sorry. <laughs> um, so for me, like the Myers-Briggs one um, also gave me like these career kind of trajectories it thought I should go down. Um, one of it was, again, told me I should work in education, um, told me I should be a massage therapist, uh-huh, told, uh-huh. Me, told me I should be a counsellor. And I'm like, I would be terrible at all of those things. So it's weird because on the one hand, like some of the things it was describing in me were really accurate. And then others, I was like, not a chance. So I don't know. I find it quite interesting. But have you ever had a job that's asked you to do it? No. You know. No, never. I don't think... I, I won't have any time for no. that. No way. <laughs> yeah. No, but, have you? No, but a lot of my friends have. Is it's, this a recent thing? Now do the personality quizlet so we can see how well so, you fit into the office? So a lot of us, like, would have graduated in, what, like, 2015, 2016 sort remember. of time? don't know um like out of my friend group I mean and they've all been asked to do it but it's mostly like little startup companies that kind of like you know they want to seem sort of like hip and cool so like we're gonna give you a personality test and see what your Myers-Briggs is to see if you'll fit into our little startup and no it's like, way yeah it's really weird but that's I mean I don't want to say it's discriminatory because <laughs> that's quite like a that, that's too strong a word mm-hmm. to use but you can't base someone upon a some like some questions no. It's really odd. I mean, mine did say that I should be a performer or something. Like, yeah. So that just that, you know, that made sense <laughs> to me. So I, I like to cherry pick yeah. little things. I mean, it's the same with like, I see that kind of stuff similar, a bit similar to astrology. Yeah. yeah. You know, I had people in my comments in my video saying um, it's like astrology for atheists. Yeah, that Which works. I thought was kind of funny. Um, but it is like, it's all full of Barnum statements. So mine told me that um, I'm introverted and I like to stay away from the spotlight, but I would make a very good performer if I wanted to. And I was like, so I can be in the spotlight if I want, but also not if I don't want, is what you're saying. It sounds like it's a, vague it really, looking. Yeah, yeah, it's a Barnum statement. So you can just fit into, yeah. I mean, but that's what like, you know, the Mystic Meg Sun columns do. Like today yeah. might be a good day, <laughs> depends on some stuff. Yeah. And then you have an all right day and you're like, oh wow, my, yeah. my horoscope oh, was correct true. for today. Yeah. It's... You're quite all right, Kyra, just getting <laughs> settled over there on a chair. Yeah. <laughs> Making your bed. Stomping on the camera. Bless her. I think I that's like a good time to just, talk about wolves. <laughs> I like how she just like does whatever she wants. Yeah. Oh, baby. <laughs> I was just thinking when you were talking about the personality test and, you know, the five types of personality, Mm -hmm. the the thing that kept coming to my head just then, I'm not sure why, is the four humours. Oh, my God. Yes. So that was kind of originally, like, 
some people say that was one of the first personality personality tests. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're either bile mm, or blood. Yeah. Spit. It started with like um, the four uh, elements and stuff. And people would say like, oh, you're you're quite a fire element. You're like a water element. And then you get the astrology and people Mm -hmm. being like fire signs, water signs and so on. And then from that, it became like the four, um, the four humans. So like bile, blood. That's kind of like sort of a progression from the the elements to that and then it all just kind of grew and grew and then you have like personality types and astrology and Myers-Briggs and all sorts and it's all just a big bundle of pseudoscience wrapped up in quite an official looking you know um I I guess front because a lot of the personality tests now when you look on the websites they all look really professional and they'll say that they have people working for them who have like um masters and doctorates and this and this and this and they'll they'll look like very very clean and minimalistic and a lot of it is just about the front that they put on there's no actual scientific backing to them but because they present it in such a way they can charge companies an absolute fortune to do the testing Mm -hmm. so like uh, the Myers-Briggs Foundation they make 20 million dollars a year how what from selling merch no no through the doing the tests they're like we will do an official test for you and you can do it online and pay 50 quid a time which is ridiculous um or they will go into like they'll they'll work with like big companies like you know think like morgan stanley and the big banks and stuff like that and like you know multi-million dollar companies they're like yeah we'll we'll do personality testing on your current employees and your new employees on this and this and then we'll have an expert review the results for you and they'll charge literally tens of thousands to do that and they make an absolute fortune because imagine what their expenses are. So little because the experts aren't necessarily going to be paid a lot, are they? I also feel that personalities aren't exactly frozen in time, are they? Because personalities can change depending on environment and information that's given, that kind of thing. Sorry. Very nice. Kyra. <laughs> Thank you, baby. Calm. Calm. You can lie down for me. Yeah, you can lie down. What's your personality today? <laughs> very extroverted i think she is she is a pure extrovert this one um but the thing about the the four yeah, elements originally yeah. i feel like that would be so much more fun because that's very final fantasy it's very yeah. like avatar it's like oh yeah i have the blood personality it's like oh well i'm yellow bile <laughs> no the ones where it's like okay. fire and water oh that and one. Oh, yeah, ones. yeah, that'd be even more fun because yeah. it's elemental and i don't know i feel yeah. like it makes Do a little you know bit more sense sign? Yep. Oh, yes. I just had an episode last week with um, a singer who's also interested in astrology. So we were discussing, because I'm an Aquarius, but I'm... Also, you're a water sign. I'm the most Aquarius Aquarius. (laughs) Like, if you look up Aquarian traits, and I don't don't buy or follow this stuff, but when you look up Aquarian traits, it's like, yeah, that's pretty much me. (laughs) Got that right. And she did, like, my sun and moon charts, and it was actually... Oh, no way. I mean, I I like just (laughs) talking about myself, so it was very interesting (laughs) in that regard for me. But I'm also... I'm quite open-minded, and I'll just just listen to things. But, yeah, I'm an Aquarius. (laughs) Um, I am an Aries, and which is, like, a fire sign. I remember when I was a kid... I used to really love like looking at all the astrology stuff and I'd be like, I'd read the descriptions for Aries and be like, oh, fiery, passionate, quick to anger. Oh, this isn't me. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not this, I'm not this. And now I'm older, I'm like, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) I'm just a big emotional mess. And like, I don't know if it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where like I read it so much as a kid that I became (laughs) that personality type, you know? Like, I don't think it actually has anything to do with when I was born, but I do wonder if there is that like self-fulfilling element to it. You know, it's interesting. What do you think, Coops? Because what are you? You're you were born in March, so what are you? What's a Can March star sign? March second. 
I think she would make a good Aries or like a. That's <laughs> <laughs> ruining my makeup, thank you. She just wants to wear some lipstick. Pisces. Oh, baby, you're a Pisces. How do you feel about that? You're a I water sign. the same sign. as my sister, but my sister's mental. Yeah. No offense. Oh, well, there Not we go. She then. doesn't watch my podcast. Like, Perfect. say what I like. My sister's <laughs> mental. <laughs> oh, Kara's a bit mental. I think that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good Hi. work. Hi, I see you watching us. Little grumbles. <laughs> I really hope she's the mic's so, picked that she's up. such an expressive dog and her little ears they're just mm-hmm. so expressive oh, God. and she's always smiling I was showing someone a picture I was showing someone a picture of your dog I was like look at this dog and she just has like the biggest smile in all the pictures it's very very sweet I love her eyebrows so much she's really expressive she'll like look at you and be like well, we can get into it's that great. as well. We can lead oh on to God, that yes. because dogs have evolved. Dogs, yeah. So that that's not actually the bit I wanted to talk to you about. I was going to talk about like the sort of conservation of animals, but wolves are actually great. So um, I, I think I have spoken to you briefly about this before, but fun fact for you, did you know that dogs' eyebrow muscle, um, like in domesticated dogs, has evolved specifically to manipulate humans? Mm-hmm. so yeah. we find them cuter yeah it's great like wolves don't have that older dogs like you know generations back um didn't have that it only started happening when we domesticated them or some argue when they domesticated us mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. some people believe that dogs saw humans like living in these little tribes and I'm like oh they have an abundance of food maybe we should befriend them and get some free meals and oh, then i buy that and then the ones yeah. who look the cutest would get the free meals yeah. I also buy that like cats did something very similar. Oh, probably as yeah. Well. But cats are way more manipulative, aren't they, Kyra? <laughs> <laughs> cats are nice too. Cats are very nice. Well, that's what they want you to think. <laughs> one of them, he's very sweet, and the other one just like doesn't go near you; just runs away. <laughs> I keep watching lots of dog videos on YouTube. Is this recently. like the dog cleaning ones? Like the the grooming and the... Well, I've been watching that. There's a channel called The Girl of the Dogs and she's a Canadian groomer (laughs) and just incredible. And also, fantastic channel idea because she's got a million subscribers Mm -hmm. already and I think she started like this year. I mean, it's genius. Like four minute clips of watching like different dogs and giving dog facts. The internet loves that shit. I think that's great. To be fair though, like, okay, I, I don't know if I've spoken about this publicly. It's a little bit embarrassing. My guilty pleasure is watching cleaning videos. Like just in general, like cleaning houses. Yeah, just anything. Like I love watching dirty things get clean. So like carpet cleaning videos, mm-hmm. the best thing ever. Those like car detailing ones when they go through and like they hoover the cars and stuff. I love that stuff. People mopping dirty floors. Oh, I will watch it for hours. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, you're not alone there. People love that yeah, shit. I don't know why I find it so satisfying. It's I'm just satisfying. Oh gorgeous, it is. I hate cleaning my own house, but I'll watch other people clean theirs. I went for a phase of watching soap cutting videos. Oh, you know where people yeah. like score the soap yeah. diagonally and then drag the blade down and all the little bits of soap <laughs> fall off. I went for a phase of watching those, which is a bit embarrassing. I quite like watching soap making videos. Mm-hmm. Come on, baby. So um, there's this channel called Royalty Soaps, and she makes like the prettiest little soaps, and um, it's all like cold process ones. So she, you watch her mix it up and then mix all the colours, and then she pours it, and she does this like swirly stuff, and it looks like absolutely nothing in the tray, and then she lets it set, and she cuts it and when she cuts into it and she like holds up that little slice you're like oh it's magical i love it i don't, I don't know why i like it so much it's great fun though <laughs> but i've been watching on youtube these like tiktok compilations mm. of just dogs being dramatic or dogs doing whatever and huskies yeah. are by far the most dramatic and most oh my vocal God, they are. Yeah. and i keep saying seeing this comment on videos like that saying something along the lines of and i don't know how true this is i just see this mm. comment repeated a lot 
that huskies, so the parts of like a dog's brain, mm-hmm. um, the part of the dog's brain that's in charge of communication and domesticated jo- dogs, it has like evolved. Yeah. Uh, she's like, been since, a great little model for us. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> since, you know, since being around humans for so long, it's evolved. But huskies, yeah. like their part of the brain has evolved the most out of all the breed of dogs. And, really? And like they're the most vocal. And basically people hypothesizing that maybe if you gave it a million years, huskies yeah. would be the first dogs to be able to communicate with us like efficiently. Yes, well, I, I don't know how true it is, but it's just a comment that I've seen repeated. Have I fact-checked? Fuck off. <laughs> not, not, not bothering with that. I just thought, yeah, it makes, yeah. Well, makes sense. That's why they're screaming all the time. Yeah, I, I can absolutely see it. But like animals communicate with us in so many ways and a lot of people don't realize it. So like even her little snorts and stuff, sometimes they're just piggy snorts. But sometimes it's like she talks. I'll say something to her and you'll snort in response, won't you? But like there's certain little noises she makes when she wants something and like you get really attuned to it. So like Mm -hmm. I can be asleep and if she makes a certain noise, I'm awake. I'm like, oh God, she needs to pee. You know, it's like it will wake me up from whatever sleep I'm in because I hear her little noises. Yeah. Yeah. You get so attuned to it, don't you? And like, I don't think on a conscious level I know what those noises are. I couldn't like say, oh yeah, it's this sound. It's just when I hear it, I'm like, oh, I know what that means. Oh, I know she wants a biscuit. I know she needs to pee. I know she's grumpy with me because like I'm, you know, maybe I like elbowed her in my sleep or something. <laughs> like I know all the little noises, don't I? So they do communicate. We just like, I don't know, we need a way to pick up on them, don't we? But actually talking about why dogs are so intelligent, this makes this next story really, really sad. So. Um, I figured we could have a rant about how terrible humans are uh, by talking about wolves. Always welcome. Love ranting about humans. (laughs) Um, So how much do you know about Yellowstone National Park? Not a lot, actually. It's in America, isn't it? Is it active? Could it? Is that the one that could just explode and we'd all be goners? Yeah. Yeah. Nuke it then. It's all... Get rid of the problem, just nuke it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to to interrupt. That just reminds me of one time like I did a video about like insane people Facebook oh, yeah. and someone made this post on Facebook being like you know, you know tsunamis or, or hurricanes why don't we just nuke the hurricane <laughs> it was the most American thing you ever I think one time like there was a hurricane and Americans just like shot at it you know like for a laugh but also the most American thing ever this person was really going on like seriously on yeah. Facebook about how we should just nuke hurricanes and sure there might be collateral damage but if it's like some sort of non-American country there's no big deal I was just like, wow. Um, wolves, yes. Oh, oh, no, well, actually, on the topic of that, I saw like the most disturbing TikTok video the other day from this woman who she went outside to like take some photos of some lighting and she saw um, like a tornado, like an actual like twister mm-hmm. in like in the street. And so she runs inside and she's like trying to wake up her husband and kids and she's like, tornado, tornado. And the kids are all like running down to the basement. They get the dog in the basement like to try and shelter it. And the husband comes down. And he's like, you being crazy. You didn't see anything. Why are you scaring the kids like this? And he was like almost refusing to go in. Um, Turns like, yeah, she did see one. And like half their street was just completely destroyed. Oh, just wow. gone in the morning. But this husband was just like proper making her think she was crazy. And it was the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He was so like relaxed about it. He's like, no, of course you didn't see one. I was like, anyway, terrifying. Um, I'm glad we don't have tornadoes here. Like that would be scary. Do you remember that earthquake a few years back? It was like 20 years ago now, which is like last week for me. What was it? I swear there was like some sort of earthquake that happened, but nothing really happened. Like some thing fell, like a bin fell over. <laughs> like, <laughs> was that a storm that, that we had? Like where, <laughs> that's English news, though. If there's like a storm, then in the papers there'll be pictures of like a bin falling over. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a carnage. <laughs> <laughs> a, a carnage in Hoxton. Like, bins are everywhere. 
that, yeah, sounds it's a good right. thing we but don't get was... tornadoes. We wouldn't be able to deal with it over here. No, we get absolutely an, we, not. If we get an inch of snow, everything shuts down. Oh, yeah. And other countries like to laugh at us, but yeah. we're not equipped to yeah. deal with... And it's, it's weird because, yeah. like, in summer, we keep getting heat waves as well. We keep getting, like, 40-degree mm. heat waves, which, again, oh, we're yeah. not... No, very few places here have aircon. We're not equipped yeah. to deal with the hot weather. Like, so the government just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> It is odd. But there there was an earthquake like a few years back because it was when I was still living with my parents. Um, I remember my bed had casters on it, you know, like wheels. Um, and the earthquake like shook the house so much that my bed like moved away from the wall. And I just woke up like, what is happening? I'm moving. <laughs> um, that's the only like earthquake story I have. But yeah, that was yeah. fun. <laughs> that's about it for us. Yeah. There was actually something I just remembered. I had this like thought and it's probably... <laughs> ill-informed, uneducated, stupid, but I thought the best person to talk to about that would be you, <laughs> right? Because it's about dogs and just, Ooh. so it's about dogs and humans and evolution, mm -hmm. right? Because dogs, how long have they been domesticated for? 100,000 years? Um, well, actually there have been like fossils found of like wolf prints next to like human yeah, prints that date like It's really, really far that. back. I can't remember yeah. the exact date, but. Um, there's a great book called uh, Dog's Best Friend, mm -hmm. all about the relationship between dogs and humans. Really recommend it, it's good. Um, but they talk about like domestication. Sorry, carry on. Yeah. No, 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 sorry. <laughs> so, right. So you've got like the humble wolf mm -hmm. and then you've got mad variations of dog. Cause yeah. you've got everything from like Great Danes to Huskies mm -hmm. to Tamascans, which are a recent breed, yeah. to Chihuahuas, to like mm. Yorkies, to, to sausage dogs, to Staffies. <laughs> You know, such mm -hmm. mad variation. And yet with humans, sure, it, we all have like a variation in melatonin and, you know, mm -hmm. skin tone. Yeah. But that, I just, I don't understand how like with evolution, like you've, yeah. you've taken the wolf and I mean, even with like big cats and domesticated cats, I swear there's just so many different breeds of dogs that are also like physically noticeably mm -hmm. different. Well, it's like how has that happened? But then how is like humans are like we're all we're all basically we're all the mm -hmm. same except for variations in skin color. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. and some like facial features. Yeah, obviously like, <laughs> like <It's... skin laughs> I'm just I don't understand how like how we've managed to breed so many different types of dogs. That that's my point. I just don't. It's, it's madness. Well, it's like selective breeding. So we specifically started breeding certain dogs. Be like, okay, well, I want this one to have like a bigger nose, and you'd have interbreeding. And because their lifespans are so much shorter than us, you can get more variation variation over like the same period of time. So like, hundred years of humans, you're gonna have like three generations. Hundred years of dogs have like twenty, not twenty generations, but like twelve generations maybe. So that's more kind of generations, so more differences in that time or. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm explaining this properly. It makes sense, but then it yeah. makes me think of animals who seemingly have evolved very little over yeah. mass like spaces of time. Th like, that's because it works for them and they're just kind of like doing what comes naturally. Humans have interfered with dogs and been like, I am going to mm. pair you and you to get this feature and we're going to have all your kids have this feature and then I'm going to pair you with someone with this feature to get this feature. And it's all very calculated. Like if you just let dogs breed amongst themselves, you end up with like the modern day wolves that we have now, mm -hmm. which, you know, they're a different species and stuff, but there's still not a huge amount of variation. <laughs> Kyra, calm your little wolf. But yeah, if we'd, if we'd bred cats as much as we bred dogs, you'd see the same thing. Mm -hmm. And there's still a lot of variation in cats. So take like a Maine Coon and a Sphinx, completely different. Like you can see really different similarities, but we haven't selectively bred them as much as we have dogs. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Whereas like humans, again, 
we, it's gonna sound stupid, we haven't selectively bred humans. You don't have like some big overlord saying like, oh, you have this skin tone and you have this skin tone. Let's breed you to make sure your kids have this and this skin tone and then take those kids with that skin tone and interbreed them to create kids with this skin tone. Or like, oh, you have this shaped nose and you have this shaped chin. Let's interbreed you to make someone with this face shape. You know, we don't have someone actively doing that. So with humans, you get kind of more natural variation, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You're not selectively breeding for certain characteristics and traits, which then get more and more exaggerated as the generations go down. Wouldn't it be interesting if, and there would be no way to do this ethically in, <laughs> in this reality. So if we could like create an AI simulation where you, you could like just to see how extreme the variation in humans mm -hmm. you could get like if we could create a simulation just to like you know Kesmosh are you looking it up now is that what Meta's <laughs> going to be doing what Facebook's new um, like Meta and the Metaverse maybe that's what they're <laughs> going to be doing it'll be interesting to see like how just how extreme yeah you can get the variations people obviously you can't do that I mean that's but I, I reckon we can model it we could definitely model it, I reckon. Yeah. Like, if you do, a, like, a good enough simulation, you can simulate anything, really. We had, like, genetic, um, like, simulation programs at uni when we were doing, well, genetics modules. And it was mostly with, like, insects and stuff. But you'd, like, get all these, like, genetic samples for, like, insects. And then you'd be like, oh, I'm going to breed that one and that one and see what comes out and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there was always, like you know, random chance in there and stuff as well. Um, but it was, it was really, really interesting. And then after like a hundred generations, you'd have like this data set of like all these like insects that you'd bred. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. I, I enjoyed that stuff. That's quite nerdy, but In yeah. my mind, I'm <laughs> always just thinking of how can we get Digimon? How can we get Pokemon? <laughs> but it's just, it's so unethical. Like won't be able to do it unless maybe they were cyborgs. But even then mm. robots, robots would need rights. So I'm already, I mean, we're not even there yet. And I'm already on the robots need rights bandwagon, <laughs> like AI. I mean, because if you have mm. technology that has a conscience, thinks and feels for itself. Yeah. You know, oh, but it doesn't have emotions. Well, that really annoys me because like, what what what's it called? Like a pissed? I I don't know. Um, <laughs> hmm. Have you heard about that like AI thing where I can't remember the name of it now? But people think they have like actual relationships with this AI. And sorry, my tummy's grumbling. I'm hungry. <laughs> but people think they have actual relationships with this AI, and they like call it their girlfriend, and they like created these computer generated faces for it and they like superimpose that on photos with other people and stuff and they say it's their girlfriend and they have like these really long in-depth conversations with this AI and they like get so attached to it and think it's real. See I'm against this kind of stuff and I'm wor <laughs> I, I worry about this kind of stuff because people want to make robots and then you know for whatever reason but the second reason is usually going to be people also want to be able to fuck robots. Yeah oh my god yeah have you seen um there's like photos going around from this like it was like a big sex conference and they're like, oh, the next generation of sex dolls. And they look so lifelike. And there's like one next to this model and you couldn't tell which was which at first until they started moving. And you're like, it was scary. Like, pe yeah, people are going to put their penis in anything. But it does worry me. Like, if they're going to have objects that are so lifelike, is that just going to encourage mostly men to treat actual women more like objects? I didn't even think of it from that angle because yeah. I'm thinking of it the from lines the are AI like, robot oh, rights yeah. angle. Because if you have like, uh, say you have a cyborg mm -hmm. and it's got artificial intelligence and it can think and feel just as much as we can mm -hmm. and it can 
have its own opinions. Uh, shouldn't say it because that's dehumanizing. Yeah. <laughs> have their own opinions, you know. Um, come to their own conclusions, and they're also by default just smarter than us because it's artificial intelligence. They're probably IQ points mm-hmm. like way up in the two hundreds or whatever. Yeah, like um, higher levels of intelligence, obviously. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so then you say you have this robot, the cyborg, whatever, and then they're getting programmed to like fuck a human. When why would they want to in the first place? Like yeah. if they've got hyper intelligent, you know. IQ you they played, wouldn't want to have you played Detroit Become Human no oh my god you would love it it's about like androids gaining sentience and there are like sex robots in that that become sentient and one of them kind of becomes sentient as she's being like used mm-hmm. essentially and she goes crazy because she just thinks she's being raped and she like kills the guy it's brilliant that's the word I was looking yeah. for, sentience. And this is the yeah. problem. I'm very worried about this. I'm worried about people just being awful to yeah. robots because, I mean, I don't even think we should be going ahead with a lot of AI technology. Mm-hmm. We can't even look after animals, like, no. as a mass. We can't even look after each other as a mass. Yeah. We don't need to introduce robots into it who are going to be smarter than you, going to be stronger than you. Like, this yeah. is how Terminator starts. Someone yeah. tried to, like, fuck Skynet, probably. Someone <laughs> tried to put their willy into, like, the disk drive. God. Was it floppy disk? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, this is like this is actually a genuine concern of mine. I sit around just like, no, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, but that brings me back to the Yellowstone story. Right. So, somehow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, what you're saying about like people screwing over animals, we like can't take care of them. So Yellowstone is, I believe, one of the oldest national parks, at least in America, if not the world, and it's huge. And they had a huge population of wolves, amongst other animals. Mm-hmm. So you have bears, you have elks, you have beavers, you have tons of birds absolutely everything like big massive nature preserve basically and back in the like early well late 19th century a bunch of ranchers set up kind of around the outskirts of yellowstone and all these people who own the ranches are like oh worried about these wolves in yellowstone they're going to come and attack our our animals our livestock they're going to they're going to ruin us so they decided like the, the u.s government basically oh we better kill all the wolves in Yellowstone to save these ranchers. So by something like 1926, all the wolf packs were gone. By 1930, all the individual wolves were gone. And that's when chaos started. Because mm-hmm. without wolves there as natural predators, the elk population just shot up, like, rapidly. So more elks mean they're eating more trees and plants and berries and all sorts of stuff like this, which meant that the insect population suffered because they didn't have enough food. Um, the beaver population suffered because they weren't getting enough food. Um, bears, like, the population of bears went down because they weren't getting enough food. Because the elks were eating so many plants... Um, especially from the river edges and stuff like that, um, there was like tons of erosion. So ground was literally just like being eroded away. The rivers got huge. That changed the entire like ecosystem in them. Um, birds weren't having enough food. I, have, I think I mentioned insects. Basically, it screwed everything up. Everyone was dying except the elks who mm. were just like going crazy. Um, so by like, I want to say, I think the nineties or maybe the eighties, something like that, they were like, oh, we're going to have to introduce wolves back. This is the only thing we can do. And, um, they slowly started introducing them back. Everything slowly went back to normal. The rivers were obviously still a mess, but to this day, like we're still trying to undo the damage and build up the wolf populations all because a few ranchers were like, oh yeah, we're scared of the wolves. And there's this guy who 
did a study, um, not in Yellowstone, but in a smaller national park in Germany, where they'd had concerns about the same sorts of things. And they were like, okay, so how much are wolves actually a threat to local livestock and local farms and stuff like that? And they did a... um, <laughs> this can sound horrible. They collected all the wolf's poop and analysed it mm-hmm. to like get an idea of their diet. And they looked through and saw what they were eating. And out of the entire wolf population of this huge national park in Germany, well, huge by Germany standard, um, it turns out that out of all the wolves, less than 1% of their diet was coming from stolen livestock. And still, the farmers and ranchers there were killing a huge population of the wolves, and the same thing was happening in America and it was happening all over the world. And they looked and it wasn't anything to do with wolves actually killing livestock, but it had to do with media and newspaper headlines at the time. Mm-hmm. And the more mm-hmm. sensational newspapers were being about, oh, beware of wolves, the dangers of wolves, the more wolves were getting killed. Mm. So the wolves hadn't done anything wrong, but people decided to kill them anyway based on fear mongering and it ruined entire ecosystems all over the world also in a lot of fairy tales given to children there's lots of anti-wolf propaganda yeah like little red white riding hood i have a video on that do you actually yeah <laughs> it's, it's quite an old one now but it was really really good it was about like the history of the little red riding hood story and why like wolves are the bad guys and how like the wolf is representation of kind of well many things one it's like the danger of strangers mm-hmm. one it's the dangers of relationships with men mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um in others it's um the wolf is like a metaphor for puberty and sexuality and discovering yourself and who you are and yeah it's really interesting stuff you should watch the video um <laughs> Once, yeah. once upon a time, many, many years ago, when I thought it was a good idea, I watched them. Um, no, actually, I still stand by this because uh, Jordan Peterson did do some good <laughs> stories on, not stories, <laughs> he made up some stories. No, he did do some good like psycho, um, psychoanalysis mm-hmm. on stories and, you know, yeah. what they represent, why like okay, they're being told. Okay, that's actually quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was before all you know, yeah. that, that stuff. Um like the psychological even his mm. thing on the psychological significance of the of the bible and why certain mm-hmm. things are said in the bible and what they actually yeah. represent i mean i i really like that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. he i think he borrows like quite a bit from carl jung or whatever but he said yeah. that like in you know kind of like grim fairy tales mm-hmm. going into a forest oh, is representative of like the unconscious <laughs> what are you doing he sneezed sorry why are you every podcast now every podcast he's always just doing something behind the camera i think he wants to be here he starts like dancing around the other week he was like taking his shoes off like eating a sandwich at one point he answered his phone during the podcast and just left and i was like what is going on he's getting too comfortable here i'm gonna have to threaten him this is your about sixth warning by now um yeah so like going into the dark woods in a fairy tale can be representative of like the dark side of yourself yes and it's like you know well it's the great unknown Mm -hmm. anyway or like going in the depth of depths of the sea so Mm -hmm. like you know jonah and the well in the depth in the belly of the world and depths of the sea Mm -hmm. represents like the unconscious mind the women who made the mike's briggs test actually based it loosely on young's different personality types it all ties together in the end doesn't it (laughs) all this shit just Mm -hmm. comes from like one source usually always young <laughs> or Freud yeah decent decent yeah. that stuff about yeah I'm um, sorry I didn't mean to interrupt no no the, I, I interrupted myself because <laughs> I was going to say the the thing about how the sensationali- sensationalization of wolves being the bad guy in media that then mm-hmm. led to them culling the wolves and it had this knock-on effect it's crazy yeah. how much there is um, in a lot of cases in mm-hmm. nature there's a natural equilibrium yeah and then it just takes 
one but this, not one person but one group of people to come along and really yeah. fuck things up this is like the big question though so like the interconnectedness of nature is something that like i've been reading a lot about recently and i think it's really really interesting and so it's easy for us to sit here and say like oh well let's try and get a new equilibrium let's you know get it all in harmony but how do we define what that is mm-hmm. how do we just like decide which species thrive and which don't because it's easy to say like oh well let's do what happens naturally but then naturally some animals do go extinct mm-hmm. naturally like these things do happen so again that's another question like can extinction ever be a good thing sometimes it just happens doesn't it yeah that's just life really yeah I mean, and let's say like one species does go extinct um it might allow another one to thrive it might now allow another species to evolve and develop and grow and whatever so is uh, sorry is extinction just a natural kind of part of evolution in life and in that case are our conservation efforts sometimes hindering nature i would say no just because of how Mm -hmm. out of work human technology and industrialization has become with like the equilibrium of nature because we've taken far more than Mm -hmm. we should have and it's had like such a vast knock-on effect to the rainforests or to just you know fracking now Mm -hmm. that's a thing and digging up oil and that kind of thing you know i think conservation is always always a good thing because it's trying to undo some of the yeah damage (laughs) no i do completely agree and i was gonna say on that note hunting ivory is at like one of the highest points it's been at for the last couple of decades at the minute it's like 40 elephants are dying a day um purely from hunting them for their tusks just terrifying why i know that sometimes ivory is used in you know pseudoscience like medicine so that that's Mm. a separate thing but the people that still buy ivory you know if i walk into your house and i see you've got an ivory tusk i'm gonna know you're a cunt and i'm gonna clock you there and (laughs) me just threatening violence (laughs) like i'll just leave i'm gonna know you're a cunt for just like importing some is is it illegal in this country yeah yeah importing some illegal illegal in a lot of places yeah but oh do you know what the most trafficked animal in the world is pangolin I feel like I should have known that. Yeah, because um, people, again, they they hunt them and they collect their scales and grind them down to use in a lot of ancient Chinese medicine, which, again, complete pseudoscience. There's no actual health benefits to using it. Mm -hmm. And yet they're the most trafficked animal in the world because people want to grind up their their, their scales. It's heartbreaking because they're gorgeous as well. I love pangolins. They have, like, these properly, like, long tongues and they don't actually have any teeth or anything. So how they eat is they'll find, like, a hole in a tree or in the ground and they'll stick their tongue in and it's, like, really, really sticky. They have really sticky saliva and they just wiggle it around in there and they pick up everything. So they pick up bugs, they pick up rocks, they pick up bits <laughs> of bark and then they swallow it all because they can literally, like, retract their tongue, like, nearly the length of their body and then, like, take it back in. Um, and then they kind of just waddle around for a bit and it all grinds up in their stomach and then they uh get rid of all the all the bark and the rocks and the everything which must be painful let's be honest um but then they have ground up little bugs in their tummy it's great they're smart little boys and girls and i can't believe people just like grind them up for medicine it's sad is there a positive note that we should end on some sort of positive um animal fact oh, is there one well i'm i'm supporting um like like a campaign through uh, the World Wildlife Foundation Fund, which mm-hmm. one is it? But th- through them at the minute, which um, they're working with elephants in Kenya to try and like put electronic collars on them all so they can track where they're going and what they do and their behavior. And it also means that they are more likely to track like whole herds of elephant that are being hunted by poachers, mm-hmm. which means that they can get in there and stop them before they're poached. 
which is really, really fantastic. So I'm donating money to support that at the minute, and I think it's a really, really good cause. And um, that's a positive, right? Okay, good. Go. Well, elephants. Check out that good cause. <laughs> and that's all we have time for for today. That is the end of this episode of the Elise Easy Show. Thank you, Rachel coming along make sure you check out her youtube her socials all of that good stuff and kyra's of course and kyra's follow (laughs) kyra the kyra the dog kyra the staffy staffy. kyra the staffy on instagram (laughs) remember to like comment subscribe follow us on spotify and itunes because i need a spotify deal and then i will save all the elephants with my spotify (laughs) exclusivity deal if i ever get it i'll hold you to that (laughs) (laughs) i will see you all next time bye